0: The losing streak continues as the Indianapolis Colts fell to the Jacksonville Jaguars in Jacksonville for a ninth straight year. Do we still have confidence that Gardner Minshew can lead this offense with Anthony Richardson possibly on the shelf for the rest of the year? Let's talk about it. Welcome to the Horseshoe Huddle podcast presented by Fan Nation on si.com, part of the Fans First Sports Network. My name is Andrew Moore, and I'm joined here by my fellow writer, analyst, and soon to be father, Drake Wally. Congrats to Drake and his uh, beautiful fiance, Aubrey. Uh, uh, Drake announced today that he is having a baby girl. So, everyone give it up to Drake Wally in the chat here. We also really appreciate the chat for sticking with us as we go through our uh, our technical difficulties this evening. It seems like everything that has to deal with the Indianapolis Colts uh, has had some difficulties over the past 48 hours. But, Drake, it's good to see you, buddy, and congratulations. I've known for, for a few months now about this, guys, but congrats to Drake. You're going to be a hell of a father.
1: Oh, well, I appreciate it. It's going to be a wild ride. I'm really excited. But uh, I, I even posted it out on X. Nobody worries. She's already a Colts fan. Okay, so don't <laughs> don't worry anybody. Um, but yeah, hey, th- this, this game was... Um... This game was bad in a lot of ways, and, and you know, we'll, we'll be going over, uh, you know, even some good things that we saw, but I think this was a humbling experience for a young Colts team, and it kind of showed Shane Steichen that, you know, despite Gardner Minshew being a solid backup, there might be some additional things he needs to tweak up in that offense with him starting.
0: Yeah, exactly. We'll dive into all of that. We'll dive into what we saw in the game. Gardner Minshew's performance, obviously. We'll dive into the latest dealing with Anthony Richardson and his shoulder injury. It's going to be a hell of a show tonight. And, and starting it out with our first Super Chat, of course, is the CFO of Horseshoe Huddle, Patrick Rye, uh, for diapers and open bars. Patrick Perfect. starts us off with an absolute heater. Thanks a lot, Patrick, for all of your support. We really do appreciate it. Truett says he's not going to be on tonight because he's bummed about the Colts it's okay true this is a safe place this is where you get out your frustrations about the Indianapolis Colts stats map bringing in the sarcasm the sky is falling Shane is right 2.0 the defense lost the game Juju stunk Kenny stunk Shaq is stuck all in the it. mud uh oh wait I'm not that dumb that's all false so a lot of a lot of hot takes going on today I even saw in the chat that Patrick was talking about how uh how he had his overreaction tweet was on the pat mcafee show this afternoon so uh good for patrick there you're not getting a close personal friend uh with pat mcafee uh shout out to pat mcafee because I, I chugged a beer with him one time at a minor league baseball game and i'll always hold that over brandon moses's head uh but hey <laughs> thanks uh, thanks a lot to everybody who is here getting ready to talk colts with us tonight uh, jacob says welcome to the girl dad club drake uh and it's an and yeah, it's it's gonna be it's gonna be pretty awesome. So before we dive in, please, if you stuck with us through our technical difficulties, you probably have already liked all of our things on social media. But if you haven't, go ahead and like Horseshoe Huddle on Facebook, follow at Colts On FN on Twitter, and subscribe to the Horseshoe Huddle YouTube channel. Hit that bell so you know whenever Drake and I are going live, whenever Shod goes live with the saddle up show, so you never miss an episode. And if you can't catch us live. Apple, Spotify, Google, wherever you listen to podcasts, we're on there as well. So make sure you subscribe and give us a five star review. So Drake, without any further ado, let's dive into the Week Six action. The Colts were embarrassed by the Jacksonville Jaguars. Really, no other way to put it. Thirty-seven to twenty on Sunday. Uh, thought thought that the, the Colts might have a chance. Got, thought that this would be a closer game than it was, but. When you turn the ball over four times, uh, you let the Jaguars get out to a thirty-one to six lead. Drake, it's going to be pretty tough uh, to be able to come back from that. So, before we really dive into specifics, just give me your your overall thoughts of the game um, from 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 offense, defense, uh, everything. Uh, what did you come away from that game yesterday? Thinking about this Colts team.
1: Um. Man, you know, I did think that it would be closer. I thought it was a game they could win. And I think that we were both kind of like, you know, along the lines that, hey, this is going to be a close game. I think you were in favor of the Jags. I was in favor of the Colts. But what ensued was not what I expected. Um, I expected more, more ground. Uh, more ground, more of a ground game. Now I know that Ryan Kelly and, and some others, you know, gave an explanation. There were certain personnel sets. Well, I, I argue that sometimes in the run game, you have to absolutely establish your will. You have to, you have to break the will of the other team at times. You have to be very physical, and you just have to punch them in the mouth. That's the, that's the, the, the personality I think of this offense. But I think that we saw that when you have a full per- week to prepare for Gardner Minshew, and you can't get the ground game going, and you don't take shots downfield. He's, he's someone that you can easily prepare for with those short passes. And really Jacksonville, I think they constantly said it on the broadcast. They don't have to leave their base set and they don't really have to try very hard outside of what they're, what they're familiar with.
0: It was, it was really uh, interesting to see how, especially when you go back and look at the film. Uh, the Colts would come out in in a four wide receiver set, or in, in three wide receivers, one tight end out wide, and usually that's that's a situation when you come out and at least your nickel. A lot of times your dime set on the defense. Jaguars came out in eleven personnel, which means they had three linebackers and four defensive backs on the field. So and and they just they dared Gardner Minshew to beat them and and throw to guys and. It simply just could not happen. They were bound and determined to not allow the Colts' running game to to get off the ground and and to get rolling. And and credit to the Jacksonville Jaguars defense. They played a hell of a game and and just made it very, very tough on the Colts to really do anything on offense. Uh, Shout out to Shaheen. Shaheen is back with a $5 super chat. Really appreciate it, Shaheen. He says, congrats, Drake. Thank you. And Juju looks legit out there. Oh, we're going to talk about Juju, Brent. Because he certainly... I saw... A lot of, uh, of hate on Juju Brents. Uh, I wouldn't say a lot, but there were some people out there uh, Some talking that, that Juju Brents didn't have a good game. Beg to differ. And, and I'll, I'll make sure to get into that. have another super chat from Sarah, uh, our loyal supporter, Sarah, saying congrats, OG. Drake, girl, dad, and go Colts. Uh, Sarah has always been a loyal supporter of us here at the Horseshoe Huddle Podcast. So thank you to Sarah. Thank you to Shaheen for the super chats. You guys are the real MVPs. Yes, rock. So let's talk about Garter shoe, Drake. Uh, Gardner Minshew put up 55 passes yesterday, 33 of 55 for 329 yards, one touchdown, three interceptions, and a fumble loss. The first multi-interception game of Gardner Minshew's career yesterday. Of course, it happens when he's in a Colts uniform and in Jacksonville. Seems like everything goes wrong for a player when that happens, but (laughs) It, to to me, in, in my honest opinion, it looked like Gardner Minshew was really trying to push. And, and that's not what the Colts need out of a Gardner Minshew. Gardner Minshew is supposed to be uh the field general, the the distributor. But it seemed like in a lot of these circumstances, Gardner Minshew really tried to push and and in a sense put the team on his back to, to lead this offense. And I mean, yes, we we've we've really sung Gardner Minshew's praises this year. And, and rightfully so, because he has came in and, and played well, for the most part, when his number has been called, when Anthony Richardson has gone down. And, and that's why we say, you know, he's one of the best backups, if not the best backup quarterback in the NFL. But that's the thing. He's the best backup quarterback in the NFL. He, he excels as a backup. He's a very high-end backup. But if you're going to rely him to win games for you solely on the back of Gardner Minshew's performance, you're not going to win very many games. And, and that's, just, that's just being truthful about the situation.
1: Yeah and, and in this type of offense he he benefits from the running game. He benefits from the short passing game, the RPO game. Now, I will say like you, like you mentioned 55 passes for a guy like Gardner Minshew, for really for any quarterback, that is a lot of throwing. Uh, but for a backup quarterback and, and and on top of that it's a it's a quarterback that really does need a ground game. That's just too many. Attempts. And like you said, sometimes he was very un Minshew like. He was trying to force the ball in places he didn't need to. He threw three interceptions, one of which he threw off his back foot when it could have been a potential touchdown. He didn't really level into the throw, he didn't step into it at all. Um, Some very uncharacteristic decisions from Gardner Minshew. But hey, the sky, I think Stats Matt was joking earlier, he had some sarcasm. The sky is definitely not uh, falling. This is one game. It's like you said for him to be in the league this long and never throw more than a pick in a game, that's incredibly impressive. So I think there's some bounce back to be had. Um, But if we're talking about just this game, yeah, very rough showing four total turnovers from the mustached one.
0: Right and the thing is credit to the Jacksonville J defense and and this is kind of all ties into into one here. The we we talked about it last week that the Colts were going to need to rely on the running game uh, going up against this Jacksonville defense so that way you didn't put too much pressure in and too much of the onus to win this game on the back of Gardner Minshew. But instead you 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 come out and you have to throw it 55 times because because of just how the Jacksonville defense was playing. And and obviously the way Gardner Minshew played yesterday was was unacceptable. Those those inch, those interceptions that uh, uh he threw, two of them were ducks. The other one was he was he was kind of falling away and throwing off his back foot, sensing the pressure really before it was there. Uh and it just threw it up way too just way too short when he was trying to go to the back of the end zone for Michael Pittman Jr and it barely reached the front of the end zone. Just two very easy interceptions. the the strip sack fumble, I don't really put that on Minshew. I mean, does Anthony Richardson fumble that? Probably not, but Anthony Richardson's also a freak athlete. Gardner Minshew didn't see it coming. Josh Allen made a hell of a play on Bernard Ryman and to to, to get around him and, and go after the football. But that's that's just something that, that that that's still that he needs to to be more aware of. Shout out to my beautiful wife Danielle for her nightly super sticker Woo! on the evening. Uh, really, really appreciate it. And and we just she, shout out to my wife number one. She's just a fan, number, beautiful woman. Number 2 fantastic cook. She comes home from dealing with <laughs> kindergartners all day, makes me a great dinner before I come on here and yap about the Colts for an hour. So shout out to my beautiful wife Danielle for always supporting me in whatever I do. Uh, but but yeah Drake and and really when, when you throw three you throw three interceptions and have four total turnovers by your quarterback, I don't really think it it makes a difference if the running game got going or not. Even if the Colts ran for 200 yards, it's hard to come back from four turnovers by your quarterback.
1: Well, yeah, and the, the Jaguars were were also hitting the short game really well. They were doing their typical thing of just throwing really short, quick passes. Um, I think multiple times Calvin really exposed the zone defense. Etienne was going on the ground. I mean, it, you can't turn the ball over against any NFL team like that, but especially a team that honestly has a top 10 you know, level offense on any given Sunday. So um, the Colts are going to learn from that. And I think that you've seen that if you push Gardner Minshew past 40, 40 attempts and, and he's trying to do things that aren't comfortable for him, He goes against what makes him valuable and he starts turning the ball over. So I think that you're going to see some changes, uh, maybe some early shots, you know, maybe earlier in this next week's game against the Browns. Um, But yeah, definitely a lot to digest. And there's some silver linings uh, from some lessons that can be learned offensively in this game.
0: And I I think now there's a blueprint for how you beat this Colts team and and really stall out this Colts offense until they can prove otherwise. And and looking at the running game, we'll we'll just dive right into it. It, it, There was a struggle for the Indianapolis Colts running the football. 44 yards, 2.6 yard per carry average. Zach Moss, who had 165 yards a week ago, 21 yards. Former All-Pro running back Jonathan Taylor, second game back after returning from that ankle injury, 19 yards on the ground. So, but Drake, here's the thing. And I've seen a lot of talk on social media from fans saying, you know, we got to run the ball. We got to get the ground game going. And and that is true. I, I do think that the Colts need to be better running the football. But at the same time, those guys on the other side get paid to play football too. And, and we, I touched on this a little bit. The Jaguars were in their base 11 personnel. And I went through the film this afternoon, just kind of prepping for, for talking about this on the show tonight and, and seeing how the Jaguars defense was lining up so many times. The Jaguars have seven men in the box and, and playing very, very close to the line of scrimmage. You're not going to be able to run through that. I don't really care who you are, unless you're 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 the Eagles, maybe with that offensive line. But it's it's very tough to to do that. Not only that, what? Not only that, but then when you when you look at how the situation that the Colts were in, you know, before the Colts were even able to to run their 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 second play after scoring that field goal because the first play of the, their second drive was the Gardner Minshew fumble. The Colts were already down 14 to 3. You know, and and at some point once it gets to 21 to 3, you you can't really just continue to try to rely and get a running game going because by that time, you know, if you're if you're too busy trying to work on on a running game when the the defense isn't allowing that, you're you're not going to be, you're pretty soon you're gonna find yourself way behind. So you gotta throw yourself back into the game. And again, credit the Jaguars defense. They did a phenomenal job making the Colts one-dimensional throughout this whole thing. They they made it a point. We are not going to allow you guys to run on us. You're going to have to beat us through the air with Gardner Minshew's arm. And then once you get into the second half and and you're facing a a 28 to three to three or 28 to six, 31 to six deficit, you can't be saying, you know, run the damn ball because that's going to take eight minutes off the clock and you're not going to get back into the game. You got to get quick passes and, and passes farther down the field to get back into the game. So I think two things can be true at once. Were the colt, or maybe three things? Yes, the Colts were pretty bad at running the football yesterday. Yes, the Jacksonville Jaguars did a hell of a job dictating what the Colts could do on offense, and there really wasn't. In third, there really wasn't an opportunity to get the uh, the running game going in the second half because the Colts had to throw to even get back into the game.
1: Yeah, and that's the thing is when you do have a team that is that really does rely on that ground game, and you get them behind it is not easy for them to climb back into the game, especially when they don't have their starting quarterback. And that's the thing about Richardson and Minshew is that, yes, Minshew's safe. He's accurate. You know, he knows the offense. He's been doing this for a while, and he's low turnover. But when it comes to the ground game, Richardson could get that ground game going if you're down. 14, 17 points because he's so ridiculously talented that he could break a run. He could open up a run for Jonathan Taylor. You're just not going to get that with Gardner Minshew. He had two carries for four yards, and he worked real hard for those four yards. Okay, so it's just a totally different animal when you're facing the Colts. And like you said, I think that you're going to see maybe even some drastic changes offensively with this upcoming opponent that the Colts have that just took P.J. Walker to defeat the San Francisco 49ers, you're going to see, I think, some changes offensively because, like you said, until the Colts present something different, teams have the perfect blueprint on how to stop them.
0: Yeah, and and that's the thing. This this isn't this isn't a Shane Steichen thing. I want to be perfectly no, clear yeah. on that. There was nothing Shane Steichen could do yesterday, play calling wise. That that would have changed this. You know, Shane Steichen isn't out there throwing three interceptions and and losing a fumble. Okay, that's on Gardner Minshew. It, it'd be different if those turnovers weren't a thing. If if Gardner Minshew wasn't turning the football over, then maybe and the game stays closer, you can get the running game uh, going to, to open things things up with the pass. Uh, you can try to to attack that more. But when you find yourself in a in, in that big of a hole that early, you you, you at, at some point you you have to get the passing game. You really that's your that's your only shot at that trying to come back and and win this. And and the Colts had some opportunities, you know, because the running game wasn't working, it's it was still, it's not like the Colts weren't trying to get their playmakers involved. Shane Steichen called a beautiful play where he puts Jonathan Taylor out wide. He comes over on, on a crossing route. Minshew puts it right on him, and then you can use that home run speed of Jonathan Taylor, takes it 40 yards down the field. I think it was either a couple plays later or the very next play, it might have been a couple plays later, Garter Minshew throws an interception right over the top of Michael Pittman, just a terrible throw, and, and it's and it's easily intercepted. Then there was the, the throw downfield to, to Michael Pittman Jr., you know, as soon as that happens, another interception by, by Gardner Minshew. Uh, Kylan Granson with a huge play down the field. A couple of plays later, Gardner Minshew, an interception. So it's like you, you, you one step forward, two steps back. That was just how the offense was for the Indianapolis Colts yesterday. And then I saw some more slander about the wide receivers. And don't look now, Drake. And I know some people don't want to hear this. wide receivers played pretty good, especially Michael Pittman Jr. Josh Downs, shout out to Josh Downs, getting his first career touchdown uh, yesterday. So Michael Pittman, nine catches for 109 yards all over the place, even though he was fighting through double teams for for most of the game. The Michael Pittman uh, doubters don't want to talk about that, but Pittman (laughs) faced double teams for much of the contest yesterday. Alec Pierce, can't catch a football? Man, he sure, just that one arm right behind his head, caught that thing, he only had 25 yards, but they were doubling my Alec Pierce too. They were saying, you know what? We're, we're gonna force Garter Minshew to try to do something on us here. Josh Downs, five catches, 21 yards, and his first touchdown. The wide receivers overall, I thought, played pretty good considering the circumstances and considering the Jacksonville Jaguars threw a lot of double teams their way, especially to Michael Pittman Jr.
1: Yeah, and I I think that their numbers get lost outside of Pittman's. A lot of people just probably didn't even look their way because it was such a bad performance overall. The score looks lopsided. The running game stunk. Minshew turned it over four times, three through the air. You don't really look at stats when you see your team absolutely get crushed like that. But Pittman had a season high in targets He had 14 He had a season high in receiving yards He had 109 I mean, Mm -hmm. Downs didn't have all the yards that you want But he had another five catches And sometimes as a slot receiver You're going to have low yardage games But he still grabbed a touchdown And then Alec Pierce, like you said First off, that was a terrible throw and the pressure was right in Minshew's face, he still snags it, ends up hurting his shoulder later in the game. But something that I've heard a couple people mention about Alec Pierce that are willing to say it is that the dude's been blocking his ass off. He really Mm -hmm. has. He's been one of the most effective blockers downfield. So the wide receivers are coming into their own, and even Isaiah McKenzie had a couple good plays. So they tried, man. They really did give their best effort. It's just – when, when you're when you're limited and like you said the defense can dictate what your quarterbacks going to do and your offensive play caller a la Shane Steichen, um it's going to make it way harder on you so it actually should be praised that michael pittman was able to grab grab five balls in between those three guys i mean you had 17 catches so not a bad day at all given the circumstances
0: it wasn't, and and that's that's why I think I mean Michael Pittman Jr. right now I think he's on pace for like 113 catches and and 1100 or, or 1200 yards something like that. Michael Pittman's off to a very good season in a contract year nonetheless, and I think there's gonna be I mean if you, if you're a listener to this show i i know most people uh who do listen to our show believe that that michael Pittman jr is a is a, a wide receiver one and yeah. has the talent to be that but those doubters out there when they see what michael Pittman jr gets they're probably going to be a little surprised the type the type of dollars that he gets this offseason i know it's a loaded wide receiver class that's coming in but don't be surprised if the colts are, are shelling out 20 million dollars a year for Michael Pittman's services for the next four to four to five years so and honestly I I would do that deal in a heartbeat so the wide receivers I thought did did well and this is where this is where this game kind of takes just such a weird turn it was always it was just such a weird game uh in, in general but the 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 defense, you, you look at the stat sheet and, and you say, well, before we do that, we've got an absolute monster. Hold, Stop the presses. An absolute monster of a, the super, of a super <laughs> chat from the CFO, Patrick here. $20 super chat, buddy. You're going to have happy. to sell
1: him the rights to Horseshoe Huddle at you some are, point.
0: <laughs> you are too kind. Patrick says Colts crossed a threshold Sunday. If they won with Minshew in are in first today, I think they do go out to get Judy and get serious about a playoff run but they're still good enough to not have a fire sale and a mid first round pick. And Uh. that's kind of, that's kind of where, where the Colts sit right now. And it's going to be interesting, especially these, these next few weeks, especially when they do make a final decision on, on surgery or not for Anthony Richardson's shoulder is, is where this Colts team stands. And, and I don't think they're going to, to do a fire sale, even if the Colts this Colts team was, was, was started to lose more games, uh, as we get to the trade deadline, because I think they've saw, they saw glimpses of, of what the Colts were, what this Colts team can be with Anthony Richardson out there. And turns out it's a pretty damn good team. So when you're talking about guys like, like, like DeForest Buckner, who isn't going anywhere, Shaquille Leonard, who isn't going anywhere, by the way, Shaq Leonard played his best game of the season yesterday. If you didn't weren't seeing 53 fly around the field making tackles, looking like his old self. Uh, I, I don't think I, I think the way Kenny Moore is playing, Kenny Moore is earning himself a deal. I don't think the Colts want to give that away, seeing how he's playing, seeing with, with Juju Brent, especially. I, I just don't see the Colts in, in selling mode right now. They they have their building blocks in in place. They're just waiting for the quarterback to catch up. You know, and, and as the quarterback catches up, as Anthony Richardson gets healthy, whether it's this year or or next year, this team's going to be just fine. I mean, sure, they do have pieces to add. You, you definitely probably want a little bit more talent at wide receiver. Definitely need to add some talent uh, at cornerback, probably. Safety, definitely an area that, that should be looked at, but this team isn't as far off as as a lot of people think. Yes, it was a bad game in Jacksonville, but as as Patrick says, it's not time to sell uh, everything. So, thank you so much Patrick for your support and and for your for your very nuanced takes. Like Patrick is a menace in the chat with his jokes, but he's also a very intelligent football fan. So, really appreciate all of your support, buddy. But Drake, let's talk about the defensive side of the ball. And as I was saying, this is where this is where things get kind of weird, you know. It says the Colts gave up 37 points, but in all, I think they only gave up like 233, 237, one of those two numbers. Uh, total yards on the ground because of the amount of turnovers and everything. This Colts defense just faced a lot of short fields and and was on the field quite a bit yesterday, but especially in that second half. This defense stepped it up when they weren't having to constantly deal with with the short fields, and and we're going to talk about a guy that I think stood out the most on the defensive side of the ball. Rookie Juju Brents, hell of a day for the second round pick out of Kansas State and Indianapolis native.
1: Yeah, and look, man, Juju Brents—he's uh, making the Colts really look smart for that trade. So far, I mean, he's he's got a fumble forced. He had seven tackles in this game. He's got an interception. He's only played three games, and he's doing all this. Well, wait, four? Four
0: Yesterday was Four his games. Okay,
1: year. that's right, because he debuted in Baltimore. So, Juju Brents is showing that he's got a seriously high upside. I think that his athleticism mixed with his ball instincts mixed with just – his, his his reactions on the field, they're all just trending upward. And despite the fact that I know that, like you mentioned, a lot of people are pretty upset with this game. A lot of people have murmured about that they don't want Gus Bradley as the defensive coordinator. Look, it is one game, okay? When your quarterback turns the ball over and you're on your own 40 freaking yard line, good luck for any defensive coordinator of any merit to stop 37 points when you have jacksonville's offense on the other side of that ball okay it's not easy it put like andrew said it puts your defense in terrible spots so I, but man juju brents at the end of the day i really like where he's at i think that the time off uh really helped him and i think that you're starting to see one hell of a defensive back and mixed with you know kenny moore and jalen jones even played pretty decent i mean man that young core starting to look good and the thing about about
0: juju brent's journey this season as well especially over the last last few games um you have kind of seen really who he's gone up against you know first game he was going up a a lot of times against zay flowers really kept zay flowers in check i think against the rams he wasn't matched up too much on puka nakua i'd have to really go back and look at the film uh but against the the tennessee titans multiple times staying across from from deandre hopkins and was pestering deandre hopkins Uh, made some good plays there in the in this game who was primarily on Calvin Ridley it was Juju Brents you know and and yes i think juju got got caught in no man's land on the touchdown to christian kirk rookie it happens it's expected Uh, but it's exactly he's not going to be perfect but in that second half you saw juju Brents lock down calvin ridley being physical uh uh, with the wide receivers Uh, also coming up and and being physical at at the line of scrimmage going after uh travis Etienne, getting some tackles back there and and of course being in the right place in the right time getting that first career interception off of trevor lawrence so uh it's it just seems like the more he plays the more the more he gets the more comfortable he's becoming in this defense and you don't see him make a lot of mistakes twice and he's got a short memory which is what you need for a cornerback so Juju Brent's really starting to come on and and for the Colts to trade back in that second round and still come up with Juju Brent's, who is really on pace to be uh, one of the outside starters, a cornerback for the Colts for a long time. If this keeps progressing, it, it's really cool to see him, him kind of coming into his own in real time and, and, and be really showing what he's got in this Colts defense. It's a big Big fan of uh, of seeing what Juju Brents has done so far and what, what he's going to do in the future.
1: Well, and it really gets you excited because six-foot, four-inch corners don't just grow off of trees in the NFL, okay? They present huge problems, especially for passing football teams. But the guy also makes some run defense plays. So I like what I see from Juju Brents. Kansas State product looks pretty damn good so far.
0: Yeah, and I think if you if you want to pinpoint an area that the defense really struggled yesterday, maybe it could be the pass rush. I know the Colts got three sacks, mm-hmm. one by Samson Ebukam, DeForest Buckner was back there. I think Tyquan Lewis was the other one. Trevor Lawrence still had some success, twenty of thirty for one hundred and eighty-one yards, two touchdowns and an interception. But it's not like Trevor Lawrence went off by by any means. It again, it, this kind of really all goes back to. The turnovers and the bad play of Gardner Minshew is really what put this Colts team behind the eight ball, and and I don't want to feel like I'm picking on Gardner Minshew, uh, because, you know, he he even acknowledged it after the game that this was on him. But if you look at the defensive side of the ball, yes, they scored 37 points, but at the same time, I mean, Trevor Lawrence didn't exactly go off in this game, uh and, and it was it was. It was just a very weird game from the very from the defensive <laughs> side of the ball. And and I keep coming back to that, but normally when you think you know 37 points, you're thinking Trevor Lawrence probably went for 350 and three tuds. Colts Colts kept him in check, Drake.
1: Yeah, and you got to think in their first meeting, 24 completions, 241 yards, didn't light it up then. Well, in this one, they had six less points, and he had 181 yards off of 20 completions. He didn't even cross 200 passing yards. This is a passing offense. Oh, and also Travis Etienne averaged 3.1 yards per carry. He had 55 rushing yards. He made his bread in that game through the gardner Minshew turnover, turned right around, ran a 22-yard touchdown, in, and then the offense is right back out there. So – The numbers will lie to you in this game. It was those turnovers and where they were at on the field when they happened that gave Jacksonville those 37 points. I think they had like 17 points off of turnovers or something absolutely bonkers like that.
0: And that's honestly where the game was, was was made and lost. You know, Drake, it was the 17 points off the turnovers. And sometimes football can be a very simple game. You know, 17 points off turnovers? how much did the Colts lose by yesterday? 17, (laughs) you know? So the the turnovers made all the difference. When you lose the turnover battle in in that type of fashion, like the Colts did yesterday, again, it it does not matter if the Colts ran for 200 yards on the day. And when you turn the ball over four times, you're, you're not going to win very many football games. And, and that's something that, that, we're just not used to with Gardner Minshew because he protects the football so well, because he makes such such great decisions most of the time, you know? So when when you combine that together, uh, and and put that on top of a quarterback that really just doesn't have the ability to to elevate an offense or to overcome those those mistakes and those turnovers, you're you're gonna get what you got yesterday. And and StatsMap brings up a fantastic point: Colts gave up under 240 yards of offense, uh, limited the Jaguars to six of 14 on third down and six three and outs. Four opposing drives started in scoring territory. The D Defense was just fine and he says uh, add in the three points off the kick return also two of the turnovers in f- were in field goal range so stats matt bringing out all of the stats from la that's from awesome. yesterday's game when when 17 points off those turnovers it, that's that's really what it comes down to you know and and i don't think we're going to see another three interception game another four turnover game by gardner Minshew. But as as you alluded to earlier, Drake Gardner Minshew just isn't the type of quarterback that can really elevate uh, a, a uh, an offense. You know, Gardner Minshew isn't the type of quarterback you win because of. You can win with Gardner Minshew out there as long as the other parts are are, are all in sync and working together. But Gardner Minshew isn't going to go out and, and make overcome uh, a deficit or overcome uh, some some self inflicted mistakes uh, in order to win you a football game.
1: Well, yeah, and at the end of the day, he is a backup quarterback. But like, everybody, like you just mentioned, everybody that's worried about those turnovers, this is his first multi-interception game in his career with arguably the best, well, outside of the Eagles, the best team he's had with the best play caller he's had. And he's got some dynamite in the backfield with him. So give him time, give him a moment to bounce back from this. It was a very uncharacteristic performance. But again, it does give teams at least something to go off of on how to defeat him
0: and it doesn't get any easier next nope, week. Nope. In in Indianapolis, the Colts are facing the Cleveland Browns and I know some people might say well it's just the Browns. Well, <laughs> currently the Browns defense is on a historic pace to being one of the best defenses we have seen in the last 50 years. It is a uh going to take a uh ginormous effort from this Colts offense in in order to to get the best of a Cleveland Browns defense that is absolutely humming on all cylinders. So let's let's move to the injury report. So we do have some uh some injuries to talk about and obviously most notably Anthony Richardson and and what's going on with his shoulder. So uh, it was reported by Ian Rappaport uh, early Sunday morning before the Colts took on the Jaguars that the Colts and Anthony Richardson are seriously considering season-ending surgery to that right shoulder injury. He suffered a grade three AC joint sprain in the win over the Tennessee Titans. And it's I mean, if it's if it's going to come to that, then then that might just be what what Colts fans have to deal with it. So, Drake, right move. Do you think to get the surgery uh, or is it a certain circumstance? Would it be the right move circumstance? Would it be uh, the wrong move? What are your thoughts on on Richardson possibly getting this season ending season ending surgery?
1: I think that if if they are incredibly confident that, Hey, you know what? You're good. You're not going to have any risk of long-term damage going out there in 2023 at week, blah, 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 whatever week blank. Go for it. Absolutely. But I would go on the side of if his shoulder and his long-term future will benefit from the surgery, it's imperative You have to do it. You have to eat it as a Colts fan and accept it. This has happened with guys like Allen. This has happened with guys like Stafford. They went on to become, especially Matt Stafford, freaking Ironman in the NFL. You just have to give him time, okay? And he's a rookie who had limited experience coming into this. He was running over guys in college. He had to get used to these guys in the NFL, and they taught him a little bit of a lesson. And so it's just one of those things where he's a young quarterback that's mobile. I know Jake Arthur said this on Locked on Colts in one of his episodes. This is what you're going to get sometimes, okay, with with mobile quarterbacks. So I think that if if they really think that it's going to help him long term to where he won't have to worry about this ever again, make the surgery happen, shut him down for the long term.
0: And I think Colts fans just aren't used to this because the Colt this is the first time the Colts have really had a true dual threat quarterback. I mean, mm-hmm. yes, Andrew Luck could move and create with his legs, Carson Wentz could create with his legs, but not nearly to the extent of, of Anthony Richardson. And I mean, you look at stuff like things that have happened with Lamar Jackson, with Cam Newton, various injuries that have happened to Josh Allen, uh, to, to Kyler Murray. When, when you're looking at the more mobile quarterbacks throughout the league, there's just going to be a higher risk for injury. So obviously, you don't want a quarterback that that has to be has to leave four out of the first five games. But at the, at the same time, the, the injuries are going to happen. And I, I I'm still I'm going to to beat this into the ground and I'm going to stay on this side until proven otherwise and get a bigger sample size. I do not think Anthony Richardson is injury prone. You know, you, you look no. at the, the two major injuries he had this year was the concussion. I mean, his head bounced off the turf. That's going to happen to, to, to anybody.
1: So did Moelle uh, Cox's.
0: Yeah. Moelle Cox, his head bounced off the turf and he had a concussion. You know, uh, when, when you have a, a 270 pound man, I, I, he didn't even pile drive Anthony Richardson, but he landed on Anthony Richardson's shoulder down into the ground i mean you're likely going to have a, an injury from that it's not it's not out of the realm of possibility so want to highlight this super chat from from patrick another five dollar super it's chat from the legend guy. himself uh, patrick says they should take this richardson injury assessment very conservatively look what happened with taylor when they rushed him back too soon uh-huh. last year and this kind of builds on my point that i was getting ready to talk about patrick i wasn't going to say taylor but I was going to say another quarterback for the Indianapolis Colts. The Colts don't want to repeat the same thing that happened with Andrew Luck, pushing oh. him through an injury, allowing him to play on an injury, and end up making it worse, and and then it ruins a, a, a fantastic, a, a, a young quarterback who's uh, who has potential beyond anything that that we've ever seen. And 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 it ruins his career. You know the Colts are going to be very conservative with this. They're going to use the lessons that they learned from the Andrew Luck saga, and they're not going to repeat it. You know from what they they have seen from Anthony Richardson and I've got this on good authority. This team is very happy and and ecstatic with what they have seen from Anthony Richardson, both on and off the field inside that building. They are going to do everything possible to not mess this up. They do not want to want what happened to Andrew Luck to happen to Anthony Richardson. And we've already seen uh, uh, Shane Steichen allude to this this week that, Anthony Richardson's longevity and his long term health are the priority here. Yep. Because what have we been talking about for months? This this has never been about the 2023 season. Yes, you want Anthony Richardson out there getting reps, learning and and on the fly and and getting those those invaluable that invaluable experience at the quarterback position. But at the same time, the Colts, I know Colts fans maybe want to hold out a little bit of hope. The Colts are not Super Bowl contenders this year. Unlikely that they're going to even make the playoffs. They might, they might sneak in to the playoffs. But that's a huge getting, win if they do.
1: I mean, it, exactly, it would be.
0: They they might sneak in, but when you look at the teams atop the AFC, the Colts cannot compete with them right now. You know, and that that's just a matter of fact. It's not about the 2023 season. It's about 2024, 2025, and beyond. You want to make sure Anthony Richardson's shoulder is healed up and he is in the best possible shape so he can have a very long and a very prosperous career with the Indianapolis Colts. And if that means getting the surgery and sitting out for the rest of the 2023 season, for a guy that covers the team on a day-to-day basis, go for it because – Colts football is a lot more exciting, and a lot more fun to talk about. When number five is out there and we've already seen that through the first five weeks of the season and hopefully we get to watch this young man absolutely dominate for the indianapolis colts for years to come so patrick thank you so much for getting me riled up to go on a rant with your super chat Damn. here uh i really do Whew. appreciate it anything anything else to add on that drake sorry i took up probably 45 minutes of, of our show talking about that
1: no you're good hey it's all about the future of your Franchise signal caller, okay, and the Colts have never had a guy like Richardson. This young, they got a lot of years with him. They're not going to jeopardize it in his first year just because he had some shoulder injuries.
0: Exactly. uh Let's let's talk about some other. um, um Well, let, let's before we'll put a bow on the on the Richardson um injury talk for at least today. And Drake, after what you've seen from 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 this weekend and and what the Colts did with the Jaguars with Gardner Minshew in there. Do you have concerns for this Colts team moving forward without Richardson? Again, we kind of just talked about it, about it's not really about this year, but are there any concerns for this team without Richardson moving forward?
1: I think there's concerns if you don't hit because uh, we saw when they opened up the playbook in the second half and when they started throwing when they were down downfield. I know Jacksonville is probably a little more lax because they had the lead, but they started to make some things happen. I think that they need to throw the ball more downfield. I think that they need to try to run to the outside the next time they encounter so many guys in the box like that. But at the end of the day, yes, to a degree you are because he's not good at recognizing blitzes. Okay, and he does not deal with pressure a lot of. I mean, all quarterbacks are less accurate when they have pressure, but Minshew seems to really deal with it badly. Um, But at the end of the day, I do think that he can still get some wins, and I think that over this stretch, if or when Richardson returns, or if he doesn't, even if if Minshew goes the rest of the season, I think you could still be confident that there's a good chance there's seven, eight, maybe even nine wins
0: and you know what that would be a success That's for the great. Indianapolis Colts yeah. this season yeah. so uh, let's look at the other injuries uh, here to talk about obviously uh, Alec Pierce left the game yesterday dealing with the shoulder injury uh, Shane Steichen said that he's going to continue to monitor that at, th- as the week goes on it, it doesn't seem like it's too serious where he could miss a lot of time but I, I definitely think it, that that maybe next week is 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 in play for him to to possibly miss we're, ju- we're just gonna have to see but i mean it seemed like alec pierce was a was much more involved with the game plan yesterday um and and was making plays when when he was given the opportunity so you hope alec pierce doesn't miss time and and also you want alec pierce to be able to continue uh, uh to, to to build on that performance colts also don't really have much depth behind alec pierce either
1: Yeah. And one thing that's not really talked about with Alec Pierce is he's incredibly tough. So if he can go and if there's a chance he can go, he's going to be out there against the Browns
0: exactly stats Matt coming in with the super chat did I did I tell him to ask this question and throw in a super chat maybe (laughs) the world will never know uh but stats Matt thank you so much buddy for the super chat she says where's the Shaq talk and Patrick we're not talking about Shaquille O'Neal buddy um but yeah Drake I mean let's 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 touch on it here Shaq Leonard seven tackles yesterday uh I noticed it pretty pretty easily you saw Shaq flying around the field you saw him look a lot a lot quicker Um, you saw him hitting the holes faster Uh, definitely being able to chase down guys on the perimeter better Uh, you didn't see the energy that you normally see from a Shaq Leonard but Again, you probably won't see that when the Colts are down thirty-one to six either. When they're getting their butts kicked, that's not really uh, what you want to see. Is your is your uh, uh, your defensive leader not taking things seriously or 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 more celebrating when there really isn't much to celebrate? But yesterday was the best I have seen Shaq Leonard look in a long, long time, and and not not only from from just a stat standpoint, which I think he had his best statistical game of the season, but just how he moved. Uh, around that football field, though the way he was hitting the holes, the way he was being able to chase defenders down, moving sideline to sideline, it, it almost looked like he had that that explosiveness back, Drake, that we're so that we've become so accustomed to seeing from Shaq Leonard over the years.
1: Yeah, and you're not going to generally see an NFL player celebrating when they're down 20 plus points. Exactly you know, after a big play, you'd be like, "Sit the hell down, pal." Exactly. um So, but at the end of the day, it's like you, it's like you uh, put out on on X he had looked better than he had looked all season. You just didn't notice it because it was a, you know, an utter routing. But hey, it makes you so excited because Shaq Leonard is still the heartbeat of this defense. And him and Zaire Franklin and EJ Speed all 100%, all playing at once. Man, that's like a top five linebacking group.
0: And, and his groin looked like it was at full strength. Shout out to Patrick there for that one. Um, the, but no, it didn't look like the groin injury had, had any, uh, any hindrance on Shaquille Leonard yesterday. And, and remember what Gus Bradley said they they want to continually try to ramp up Shaq Leonard that hopefully by the time they get to November you're seeing the Shaq Leonard of old because you guys got to remember this was a nerve injury and Mm -hmm. and they're tricky things so it's not going to be uh, an an all or nothing thing you know all of a sudden he's like oh back to full strength it's gonna take some time but we saw his his numbers go up we saw Shaq Leonard play a considerable amount more snaps than EJ Speed yesterday which they've more been splitting uh the snaps uh uh, for for most of the season Shaq leonard was in there a lot more yesterday really good sign for the all pro linebacker and and when he's playing at his best the this colts defense just jumps up a completely another level in, in what they are capable to do so stats matt really thank you for the the super chat buddy uh allowing us to talk about Shaq leonard here uh you're an absolute real one. So let's wrap up the injuries, Drake. uh, Kylan Granson popped up on the injury report today. Shane Steichen said that he had concussion like symptoms after the game and he is now in the concussion protocol tough because uh kylan granson has been has been one of the bright spots this season you know i i think he's had his best season to date definitely has helped this receiving game and and when more teams are going to be putting pressure on the colts to beat them through the air they need all the weapons they can get and and kylan granson can certainly help this colts team move down the
1: field yeah, and he was second on the team yesterday in receiving yards with 67. A lot of people didn't notice that. But, uh, yeah, right now uh, for the entire season, I mean, I think that he's looked better than he has looked in his entire career. He's he's fitting exactly what Shane Steichen wants to do, but you just hope he can recover quickly because, man, he's a real asset to the offense.
0: And if Kylan Granson can't go this week, Will Mallory probably steps up into oh, yeah. that Kylan Granson role and, and gets more stops. But uh, we'll have to see how he progresses through the protocol. One more that I didn't put on our on our list here, but uh, is is worth talking about. Braden Smith. Braden Smith got uh, suffered a hip injury last week in practice. Sounds like it's more of a week to week injury. The Colts are still trying to to evaluate it and see where he is at. But if Braden Smith is out for for a few weeks or a considerable amount of time, puts a lot of pressure on on the rookie Blake Freeland, who who played well yesterday. I thought played probably his best game of, of his young career. But he He's still, Braden Smith is, is is quite a few levels above uh, uh, Blake Freeland at this time.
1: I guess if there was one situation that, that's positive about all of this is that Blake Freeland had to start against Aaron Donald and he has just been thrown right into the fire and showed some promise. But you definitely, in this very moment, if you're the Colts, you want Braden Smith out there instead.
0: Kind of what, uh, kind of what Bernard Ryman had to go through last yes. year. You know, yeah. just he was thrown into the fire, and and Chris Ballard said, you know, he he either had to uh, swim or, or sink, and and it certainly helped Bernard Ryman. I know he didn't have a very good rep yesterday uh, about with Josh Allen that that one time, but the rest of the game you really didn't hear Bernard Ryman's name. So, and, and even the best tackles are bound to slip up, uh, against some of the greatest pass rushers in the game. So Drake, let's, let's wrap this up, uh, with the, our, our Colts player of the game picks. Uh, mine, mine might surprise you guys a, a little bit, but, but I'm going to go with, with a guy that, that pretty much carried the offense yesterday, Michael Pittman Jr. Uh, Despite the, the consistent double teams yesterday, uh, he ended up with nine catches for 109 yards. If Gardner Minshew doesn't sail a few of those passes, you know, he probably ends up with, with close to 130, 140 yards. Uh, if Gardner Minshew puts the ball in the right spot and gives Pittman a chance, he probably ends up with another touchdown as well. Michael Pittman does not give enough credit for for what he has had to endure w- with the Indianapolis Colts. and all of the terrible quarterbacks that he has had to throw his way, but he still goes out there and and fights and, and does his best to, to lead this Colts team. So shout out to Michael Pittman. Thought he played great yesterday. He's my Colts player of the game.
1: Yeah, seven quarterbacks in his career already, so give Michael Pittman a little bit of slack, everybody. Uh, Juju Brents, all right, he's going to take the player of the game from me. Seven tackles, two pass defenses, an interception, continues to play at a high level, continues to utilize that athleticism. This dude, if he keeps on the trajectory he's already been on in his limited sample size, I think he's going to be a freak as a corner and athletically.
0: Yeah, Juju Brents great pick. I kind of left that one up there on a, on a silver platter for you, Drew. he did. Uh, <laughs> yeah, both 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 those guys, uh, great picks for Colts Player of the Game. And and I think we're going to be seeing Juju, both those guys, both Michael Pittman Jr. and Juju Brents. We're going to be seeing a lot of those performances on Colts Player of the Game, Patrick. You absolute menace in the <laughs> chat, just 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 whiling out here. Killing and that's it. how that's how we're going to end our show for this evening, guys. Really appreciate. appreciate... Appreciate everybody tuning in this evening. Thanks for sticking out with us uh, for our technical difficulties before we came on live. I want to give a special shout out to all of our super chats uh, for this evening. Uh, Patrick, Shaheen, Sarah, my beautiful wife, Danielle, and Stats, Matt. Thank you so much for your Super Chats and everybody else that tuned in tonight and joined us uh, to talk Colts football on a somber uh, Monday as the Colts drop another one in Jacksonville. But it's still a long season. A lot of football left to be played, uh, and and the Colts journey certainly is not over. If you haven't done so already, please go follow us on all of our social medias, like Horseshoe Huddle on Facebook, Facebook. Follow at Colts on FN on X and subscribe to the Horseshoe Huddle YouTube channel. Hit that bell so you know whenever Drake and I are going live, whenever Shot goes live with the Saddle Up Show, so you never miss an episode. Still closing in on 2,000 subscribers, we're very, very close. So make sure you subscribe and also hit that like button uh, on the on the video as well. Don't say that enough, but it definitely helps us in the algorithm. And if you can't catch us live, Apple, Spotify, Google, wherever you listen to podcasts, we're on there as well. So make sure you subscribe and give us a five-star review drake i know you've been writing away and pushing out content on horseshoehuddle.com. what can the people go check out that you've written
1: so i just uh released the three good three bad from the loss of the jaguars and then one that i have upcoming a little outside the box thought but it's what is the colt's offense or offensive identity with gardner Minshew after this loss
0: that's going to be a fun one so make sure you go check those out Uh, for myself uh, wrote a piece about uh, the the report of Anthony Richardson and the Colts considering season ending surgery on that right shoulder so I dove into all the specifics of that Then I also talked about Gardner Minshew and how he he took full responsibility and took accountability for that loss yesterday also dive into why the Colts couldn't get things going uh, on the ground so make sure you check that out and all the great writing uh, that is done on horseshoehuddle.com. Go follow Drake on X at Dwalster. Drake, you can follow me at Andrew Moore NFL, and we will be back. Thursday night to get you ready for Colts Browns on my anniversary weekend so taking my wife down there to Indy where we got engaged she was thrilled that uh, our anniversary is going to be spent uh, going to a Colts game that was definitely sarcasm so we're making a fun weekend out of it down in Indy but uh, uh, it's 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 going to be going to be a fun weekend and it's going to be a fun contest for the Indianapolis Colts going up against the Browns going to be a dogfight, fight and and I think this Colts defense is ready to, to to kind of show that they should be talked about as well colts offense definitely wants to bounce back as well patrick with his final super chat of the evening uh for diapers open bar and mrs moore's everybody road trip we really do appreciate you patrick just absolutely funding our lives here through the horseshoe huddle podcast you're, you're an absolute legend patrick thank you so much so for drake i'm andrew thank you so much colts nation for following along with us and we'll be back Thursday night to talk more Colts football with you. We'll be seeing you then.